Hi, I'm Rick Barron, your host, and welcome to That's Life, I Swear. Now and then I come across a story that's not only unique, but also provides a lesson in life. This story centers around a discussion about an island that began in 1973 and just finished up in 2022. Now, this discussion revolved around a point of disagreement between two nations, Canada and Denmark. What was the disagreement? It had to do with a borderline. Now, did I forget to mention that Canadian whiskey and schnapps was part of this conversation? Let's jump into this. Before I start, I do want to call out that I'm dedicating this podcast episode to many friends in Canada. These good people spread across Canada from west to east, from Squamish, British Columbia, to Barrie, Ontario, to Captain Kirk in Font Hill, Ontario. And yes, even the Batgirls, and you know who you are, in Toronto. So this episode is for you. That said, enjoy this little bit of history from a Yank to my fellow Canadians. Okay, let's get to the topic at hand here. The island that I've mentioned is Hans Island, which is in the middle of the Kennedy Channel between Greenland and Ellesmere Island. Now, there's a theoretical line that runs in the middle of the strait, which goes through the island I'm talking about. Canada and Denmark just couldn't come to terms on Hans Island back in 1973 when a border treaty was signed, thus leaving a huge gap in its border description. Okay, so let's fast forward about 50 years. After challenging who had claimed to what, Canada and Denmark finally decided to bury the hatchet. Danish Foreign Minister Japa Kofad and Canadian Foreign Minister Alani Jolie shook hands and traded gifts of liquor on June 14th in Ottawa after signing an agreement to finally establish a land border between the two countries on Hans Island. Now, there is a story about the liquor which I'll go into later. I found this story pretty interesting. It's my curiosity got me to wonder, why all the fuss over this desolate island in the Arctic? I mean, Hans Island isn't much of an island. It's the size of about mm, four or five football fields, if that, and sits about 600 miles south of the North Pole. The size of the island is about mm, half a square mile. Look it up on Google Maps. I did, and... Honestly, I had to zoom in as far as I can go to see the island. I mean, this island is small. Hans Island was a point of contention between Canada and Denmark for many years. However, it was a rare territorial dispute for Canada because the island sits right in the middle of the international boundary line between them and Greenland. During the many years of disagreements and arguments about who had rights to the island, Canada and Denmark often fought, no weapons evolved, in many funny ways. Now, I mentioned that the two foreign ministers exchanged bottles of liquor at the treaty signing. And this is where the liquor comes into the story. When the argument started over ownership, the confrontation soon morphed into what was known as the Whiskey War, or also known as the Liquor Wars. Why was that? Allow me to explain. Over the past 50 years, Danish troops made numerous visits to the island planting their flag and leaving friendly notes, along with bottles of schnapps to stress the country's claim to the island. Now, you don't think that Canadians were about to sit there and take that. Far from it. They also made their cameo appearances as well. They would take walks on the island, replacing the Danish liquor with Canadian whiskey, and sometimes erecting 
on an Inukshuk, a stone marker, and hoisting the maple leaf flag. I hope I got that name right, otherwise I'm going to hear it from my Canadian friends tomorrow. The taking of each country's flags and leaving bottles of liquor continued for about 50 years, and to me all this sounds like a Monty Python movie. Now, I am surprised that my Canadian friends didn't ante up the gifts by leaving bottles of their infamous maple syrup. But that's for another story. Now, there was another funny moment that took place when the Canadians took down the Danish flag and mailed it back to Copenhagen. Wonder if they mailed back the package collect. As mentioned, the long-running and largely benign diplomatic impasse did reach an end. Canada and Denmark signed an agreement that finally put to rest the Arctic marine boundaries and settled the question of Hans Island ownership. The island was split, with 60% of the island going to Denmark and the rest going to Canada. Well, I gotta tell you, you gotta love the Canadians. They didn't get 50% of the island, but were content with what was achieved. Diplomacy at its best. You're going to find that Hans Island really isn't an island in the traditional sense. It's really just a large rock. But as fate would have it, the rock lies smack dab in the middle of the Nars Strait, a 22-mile-wide channel that separates Canada and Greenland. Now think about this. The rock falls within the 12-mile territorial limit of either shore, thus giving both sides claim to it under international law. Now what were the odds of that happening? I mean, you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, Mother Nature did a job here. Hmm. Rock, island, rock, island. For some reason, Simon and Garfunkel's classic I Am a Rock comes to mind. This would have made a great theme song for this story. Sorry I'm digressing here. But take a listen to the song, if you will. I provided the link for you on my website. By the way, Greenland is an autonomous territory of Denmark. I bet you didn't know that. I didn't. Greenland has its own extensive local government, but it's also part of the realm of Denmark. Now, as I called out, the island is essentially just a huge rock, but there are some treasures. 22 miles below where Hans Island sits lies oil and gas reserves. While that may sound like a gold mine, you need to know that the resources are just too darn deep and the area too filled with icebergs to make offshore drilling likely. And even if one did, the cost of drilling would make the oil rather expensive. Now, there was one more point of contention for both countries, and this revolved around the Inuits. Both ministers said that the agreement would protect the Inuits' cross-border hunting and fishing rights, and ensure that a new boundary would not prevent travel across Hans Island. I have to wonder if the Inuits took occasional trips to see if there were any bottles of Canadian whiskey and schnapps left. Well, it was a win-win for all. While researching the story, I discovered why it took so long to get this whole issue resolved. It really came about because of the slow pace of the United Nations process for settling marine boundary issues that are governed by the 1982 Law of the Sea Treaty. Personally, I think the constant drop-offs of liquor by both troops from both countries dragged it out. What do you think? So what can we learn from this story? What's the takeaway? The world has seen land disputes before, and I'm sure we're going to see more. At times, these international arguments over territory can be ugly affairs. In late February of 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine because they felt entitled 
to taking land back they think belongs to them. Over the last few years, China has collectively taken over very small islands to build military bases. Now we're seeing how they're starting to flex their military muscle as they start to think about taking back the island of Taiwan one day and have it under its rule. Canada and Denmark's agreement shows how border disputes can be resolved peacefully, without war. These two countries demonstrated how long-standing international conflicts can be resolved peacefully and by playing by the rules. Violence wasn't necessary to find a solution. As global security is being threatened, it's more important than ever for democracies like Canada and Denmark to work together to resolve differences in accordance with international law. I think Canadian Foreign Minister Melanie Jolie captured the moment best when she said, it was the friendliest of all wars. She provided a note to the Danish minister with the exchange of liquor bottles at the treaty signing that read, My dear friend, in line with the traditional exchange of liquor and notes, I would like to thank you personally for this historic day. As we end the whiskey war, Canada is now closer to Denmark and Europe more than ever. Welcome to Canada. The lesson learned here? For countries with land disputes, the best way of contesting ownership might be better served over a dinner party than a battlefield. Oh, one more thing. To my friends in Canada, tomorrow is my birthday, so don't forget. Well, there you go. That's life, I swear. For further information regarding the material covered in this episode, I invite you to visit my website that you can find on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts for show notes calling out key pieces of content mentioned in this episode transcript. As always, I thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe here or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. See you soon.